Welcome to According to the Scriptures, where doing things according to God's Word is of eternal importance to us. My name is Kyle Webb, your host, and I'm glad that you are with us today. Today we are continuing a study that we had begun in 1 Corinthians, and today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what we often refer to as the great chapter of love. We have been talking about worship and how our worship is affected by outside forces, so to speak, outside influences. Uh, Sometimes we allow them to even hinder our worship, and especially in the case of the Corinthians and what Paul is writing, uh, starting in about chapter 11 is where we began, and uh, up until this point, uh, Paul is speaking to them about worship and about some of the things that they had done wrong in their worship, some things that they needed to correct. Now, as we look at chapter 13, we do understand it to be basically themed on love. And you would almost think that, you know, we have chapters 11 and 12. And then even after chapter 13, you have chapter 14, all of those deal with various aspects of the worship of the Corinthians. Uh, In about chapter 12 and and continuing in chapter 14, uh, there's a lot that is said about spiritual gifts. And one of the things that the Corinthians had a problem with was that they would uh, seek these spiritual gifts uh, above everything else. They, they thought they were the most important. They were highly valued. And yet Paul is saying that these spiritual gifts that they thought were of high value are really of much less value to God in relation to other aspects of their worship. Chapter 13 seems kind of oddly placed because it seems like you have worship, worship, love and then worship and it's almost like a a random chapter on love right in the middle of his letter being written basically on worship or at least this section this portion of the letter is written with the idea of worship in mind but i would dare say and the more more that i study first corinthians and especially in this study in particular i don't look at chapter 13 as a random chapter on love but rather love is something that is involved and does affect our worship how it is received by God and how we we benefit from it as well you see basically what Paul is going to say in in first Corinthians chapter 13 is that love 
is one of the most important aspects of our worship. It's also one of the most important aspects of everything that we do, but especially in regard to worship. And a lot of our lesson is going to spent, be spent not on chapter or not on verses four through eight as we normally uh, look at the definition of love. We're going to spend a little bit of time there, but I want to look more importantly at verses one through three and then also uh, verses eight through 12, the latter part of verse eight and going through verse 12 and, and then 13. Uh, but there's a lot that we can learn, I think, even from the first three verses that we don't often pay attention to. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. We're going to begin in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you're, you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, uh, I hope that you're turned there and ready to follow along with us. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. King James, I believe, uses the word tingling, uh, a tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing all right now let's stop there and look at what is involved here in these first few verses one of the things that the corinthians had a problem with and i mentioned their uh their reaching their seeking to have these spiritual gifts well why would they look at these spiritual gifts as being so important why would they they desire to to have these spiritual gifts if God doesn't see them as 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 important as the Corinthians do one of the things that they were doing in their worship and we see it first in uh, chapter 11 uh, I believe as we look at the Lord's Supper uh, especially how they they were partaking of it some of the things that they were doing in regard to the partaking of the Lord's Supper it, it was almost a competition their worship was done in competition they wanted to have these spiritual gifts they desired these spiritual gifts not because of of how it would have uh, how it would would better them and in, in their reception to god but more so how it made them look that they would have these spiritual gifts so it was almost like a let's see who can do what better and they were very prideful in regard to those abilities so they sought these spiritual gifts and paul is telling them especially in this chapter these things are not as important as you think they are these things are not what you think they are uh, they are a good thing to have right now uh, they were used mostly in uh, their uh, the way that, that people would receive the word of god it was a justification of this is the word of God. This is coming from God. And this is the proof that this is coming from God. We have these spiritual abilities through God so that we can prove to you that the one that we are preaching to you is Jesus, the Son of God. That was the, the greatest intent 
of these spiritual gifts. But they were using them in competition and trying to make themselves better or make themselves look better. And it, their worship was not what God wanted it to be. One of the things that Paul is expressing here in this great chapter of love is that if we do not have love for our brethren in worship or otherwise, whatever we do, no matter how well we do it, it is done in vain. If we are doing something, if we are worshiping God without love in our heart, a love for God and love for our fellow brethren, then our worship is in vain. No matter what we are doing or how good it may look to us, it's done in vain because it is not done with the right heart. And that's probably the, the most important thing that we learn from Paul here is that the heart matters. The heart in, in worship matters. Our heart and how it is, is aimed, it matters. It matters a great deal. Paul uses the things of, of highest value to the Corinthians to teach them the importance of love in everything. So they think these spiritual gifts make them look better, make them look great, maybe in the eyes of God, maybe more so in the eyes of others. But Paul is telling them without love, none of these things are done with the right heart and none of these things will be received by God no matter how great they may seem to you they're they're not of that great importance to God speaking in tongues is compared to the sound of a, a random symbol gifts of prophecy knowledge and faith the things that they valued so greatly these are nothing without love the highest sacrifices for the care of the lowliest doesn't matter how good it looks without love it is nothing to god we're going to look a little more specifically at verses one through three um, but that's the, the the basic idea that paul is presenting let's go back to verse one here for a moment though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love i have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal we think of the tongues of men and of angels especially in regard to angelic beings here we think of things that are are said very beautifully uh, i've never heard an angel speak but i can only imagine uh, that it was was a little bit different than than probably the language of a human being a conversation with someone of a human nature we think of even the the different languages that we hear and some of them are are very beautiful just to listen to them even if we can't understand what's being said they're very beautiful to listen to and some of the words that are said are very elegant in nature but the most exquisite languages or even the most beautiful and heavenly of sounds are not anything without love if we are seeking uh, to do these things so that we can be looked well upon uh, without love these things are are basically nothing such spiritual gifts 
are worthless in worship if they're not understood. And so it kind of goes to something that Paul is going to say a little bit later on in chapter 14, that, that all things must be done decently and in order, and Lord willing, we'll study that more later on. Um, but he compares these things. This would be something uh, of the greatest grasp uh, to be able to have the ability to speak in tongues, uh, to make these heavenly type sounds. But he compares them to sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. We know what a cymbal is, a round object that that when banged together, uh, they make a great noise in conjunction with uh, other musical accompaniment, uh, they can can really add an oomph, if you will, to uh, a musical uh, a song or, or something of that nature. Uh, so when used with the accompaniment, it doesn't sound out of place at all. It sounds like it very much so belongs. But without musical accompaniment, if we were to have cymbals and just bang them, uh, you could wake someone up. Uh, they, they would just it would just be a random sound is what it would be. Symbols of this nature were sometimes used in idolatrous worship. Uh, so that's also an element uh, as to why Paul may use these um, this type of instrument as an example here. These symbols, especially the symbols of this time period, would be made of bronze from the ruins of the city of Corinth when it was defeated by Rome in 146 BC. This bronze was highly treasured by Roman collectors. Again, Paul is using an example of something great to show them an example of something that is very humble and lowly in nature. You could speak with the greatest of tongues of men or of angels, but if you do not have love, in your worship then all of this is just as a a random sound the sound of a a brass or a clanging cymbal it is nothing it's just it's just that that's all it is is that random sound and it means nothing but go to verse 2 and though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though i have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Again, these are things that they thought very highly of. Gifts of prophecy, having a message from God, and sharing it with those uh, who, who need to know the message of God. Understanding all mysteries. Can you imagine what that would be like to, to have an understanding of everything in our world the things that we don't typically understand but to have an understanding of all of them especially those of a spiritual nature to have all knowledge these could be used for competitive purposes but this should not be so to say that i am better for having such abilities matters very little to god that is is certainly uh, that, that should not be our intent. Even having uh, faith enough to remove mountains. If we had that ability, but we had not love, this would be meaningless to God. 
And verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Feeding the poor is uh, a very good thing. It's a very good deed. It is something that we are commanded to do uh, in Matthew chapter 25. Uh, We see that it's something that Christians should be involved in, especially toward their fellow brethren. And ultimately, as we read in verse 46 of Matthew chapter 25, we will be judged based on how we have treated the less fortunate. In verse 40, of Matthew 25 and the king will answer and say to them assuredly I say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me and also to the contrary if if we do not do these things if we do not uh, seek to feed the poor and clothe the naked and, and help those who are in need inasmuch as we have not done it to the least of the brethren we have not done it unto Jesus. And our reward is going to be given based upon whether or not we have done those things. But even beyond feeding the poor, uh, we also have giving of life. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned. Giving up of life to the greatest torture to be burned even for the life of another. Greater love has no man than this, than that he give his life for his friends, John 15 and verse 13. The greatest sacrifice that we can make is sacrificing life, one life for another. Now there's another uh, way that, that this may be translated. There are many ancient copies of, of this letter that translate this as as give my body for boasting uh, not to be burned but for boasting and I think both of those uh, could could be applied here very well again the idea of competition in worship was something that was contrary to God's word it was something that should not be the case and and certainly uh, Paul was speaking against that But to give our goods, or even up to giving our own life, for self-glorification, rather than love, is contrary to God's will. It is nothing. The greatest of things that we could do in worship would be nothing without love behind them. Quickly, let's read verses 4 through 8. And I think we're going to uh, stop there. Uh, I don't know that I have enough time to finish our our lesson today. But let's get to verses 4 through 8. And here, Paul gives us a definition of love and some of the characteristics of love. There are some do's and don'ts in regard to love. There are some things that we need to know and there are some things uh, that we need to do. There are also some things that should not be done in regard to love. Let's let's briefly take a look at those things. In verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, or 13, sorry. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, 
does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Love never fails. A true love for God, a true love for brethren, especially as what Paul is addressing here in chapter 13. Love never fails. Let's go through these and briefly uh, give an explanation of each. First of all, love is patient. Love is long-suffering. It suffers long with an individual, with someone who is in need of forgiveness, someone who has done us wrong. Love suffers long with them. It's very patient in that regard. And love is always kind. Even when bothered by something or someone Love shown in kindness triumphs. Love shown in kindness triumphs. We also learn here that love is not prideful. It does not boast. Love will not be envious of what others have, especially in regard to spiritual gifts, as Paul is addressing Uh, from chapter 11 to chapter 14. So, love is not envious. It doesn't want what others have. And it's not puffed up. It's not prideful in that way. It doesn't parade itself about like, I'm so good or anything like that. That's not what love does. So, we have, in contrast, you have some things that should be about love, that love suffers long and is kind, but we also have some things that love should not be. Prideful, boastful, envious, those things should not be uh, about us in regard to love. Love is not rude or crude. Love instead seeks the betterment of others above self. We want to see others succeed. We're not looking at making myself look better so that others can look bad. But we want the best for anyone in any situation, no matter how they have treated us or what they have done. We want the best for them, and we seek the best for them always. Love thinks good of others before evil intent. And love does not rejoice in sin, but rather in the truth. And finally, love bears, believes, hopes, and endures all that it faces And it never fails in doing any of these things. All of these characteristics are about us when we have true love for our brethren as it should be. So these are the things that that we shouldn't even really have to seek them. These things should be about us. These are fruits of of walking in the light of God and, and doing His will. When we do His will... These things will or should be automatic. They should be uh, there uh, regardless of, of how we are trying to do anything. They, were, they will be there. They will, will bear the fruit of themselves, basically. And so we, we have these things about us. And in verses 8 through 13, uh, we basically get into uh, a discourse of, of love overall. Um, we'll get into that, Lord willing next week with our next lesson but i want to thank you again for being with me today 
Uh, stick around for just a moment, and we will give you more information about our congregation and how you may contact us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at tgrn.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, our website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you. Yeah. <laughs>